This is Brain Burrito, your faculty development wrap-up at JCCC. Welcome to the Brain Burrito, your faculty development wrap-up. I'm Farrell Hoijanab, the Director of Faculty Development. My co-host, Robbie Miller, can't be here today because he's out recruiting students. But I am here today talking with two um, faculty members who are going to tell us about the Peace and Justice Institute that they attended last summer and might talk about how opportunities for other JCCC faculty members to attend. So first of all, would you, Jessica and Andrea, introduce yourselves and tell us what you do at the college? Um, I'm Jessica Garcia, and I am a counselor here at the college. I've been here about six years. I am Andrea View, and I teach political science. This is my third year. Yay! Yay. <laughs> so I know, Andrea, um, you, you uh, kind of discovered this Peace and Justice Institute and came to our office last year to ask oh, I about it. my head. And yes, ask, about, <laughs> <laughs> ask about um, attending. And I thought it seemed like an amazing opportunity. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you... The academy that they do over at the Peace and Justice Institute is just one of the, the many things they do. Um, I came, became familiar with it just through writing a strategic plan for them, <laughs> of all things, and just through a class I'm taking. But basically what the academy is about is, um, you know, discovering your own identity and then thinking about other people's identities and maybe the privileges that we're walking around with or the lack of privilege that others might have. Um, and then also it gets into some things about how can you make your classrooms more inclusive? You know, how can you manage conflict in the classroom? And I believe we also did a unit on um, adverse childhood experiences and how those things play out in the class and then how you can, you know, faculty can sort of navigate that space um, and keep students in the classroom to learn. So this was an academy specifically for higher education or was it? Yes, so the week that we attended is for higher education, and then they also do two additional weeks for K-12. Mm -hmm. um, so our, ours was actually blended between higher education and K-12, so we got a, a nice little feel for both. Yes, mm -hmm. but this summer they will have one set aside for um, higher education specifically, mm -hmm. so hopefully there'll be more that get to go. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that uh, the, the various higher educational institutions are, of course, as you know, sending multiple groups across multiple years. So there, there's a requirement that an institution has to make a commitment. Yes, so you're there for the full week, first of all, and it's eight to five pretty much, Monday through Friday, with a little bit of homework at night, mostly just self-reflection. And then um, they do ask you to come back and then present three professional development sessions on your campus. Um, at a minimum. I mean, I think we'd be willing to do more if it came up. Um, and then, you know, to bring it back to your campus and hopefully incorporate some of what you learned at the academy. And then by having a second group go the second summer, I think then you hopefully like reignite what we got the first year out of it and then expand on what we've done so far. All right, so we sent three of you last right. summer. Bob Carney couldn't be here today. So he went also. Then we committed to sending three faculty members this coming June and then three faculty members again a year from June. So Correct. at the end of those three years, we'll have a nice cohort of nine people mm -hmm. yes. who have gone through this academy and can um, be doing professional development and sharing what they learned. Yeah, the, the idea is really that the people that go bring back what they've learned and help create more inclusive campus atmospheres, mm -hmm. how, however that is conceived for each campus, of course, mm -hmm. it's gonna be different. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the idea. So we kind of look forward to whoever's going, coming back and working with them and thinking about what we can do as a larger group as, you know, as we keep expanding. 
-hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. the hope is that eventually this becomes something that we internalize at mm -hmm. JCCC and continue to see grow. Mm -hmm. As Andrea said, the Peace and Justice Institute has multiple opportunities. I was just looking at a conference they have coming up this week, and so I would love to see us be able to expand on some of that too and offer more than just a couple of professional development sessions. Oh, that sounds great. So the Peace and Justice Institute, it's, 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 is it housed? It's part of Valencia Community College? Is that, am I understanding that correctly? It is housed within Valencia Community College. Yeah. And is it run by Valencia faculty members or? Rachel Allen. She used to be a Valencia College faculty member, and the Peace and Justice Institute itself started from the ground up with of faculty coming together to kind of spearhead the effort. I believe now she is full time as the director of the Peace and Justice Institute. So it's a very strange set there, even though they're inside Valencia College, they also somewhat operate independently. Yes, that's didn't they just like get weird. funding this last year? They had been operating with almost no budget for right. the first few years, okay. just faculty working together. I remember her talking about their first meeting was in somebody's house, you know, and they were just getting together to discuss some things that they were passionate about. Do you remember her talking about that? Yeah. Um, and then I believe last summer they got funding. Yes, so they basically gotten... They've got a grant from, I want to say, it's either some banks in or in the Orlando area, and then they also get some funding from Valencia College. Yeah. I would say Valencia is very supportive of it. Mm -hmm. I think the dean of the college came in, or maybe the assistant dean, mm -hmm. and talked to it, welcomed us mm -hmm. to the campus, mm -hmm. and um, I feel like they're fully supportive of it and having the um, activities on their campus. Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting that this is coming out of a community college setting. So talk a little bit, there's, there's a connection to Parker Palmer and the Courage to Teach. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? I think from what they said, they've drawn a lot of what um, the principles of how we treat each other comes from Parker Palmer. And I did not know that. I did not know his work before um, this week-long professional development. Um, but I believe they drew a lot from that. From what other people have said, like it sounds a lot like what his work is. You might know more, Andrea. Well, yeah, the, the principles certainly are coming from the Parker Palmer Institute or? Yeah, he has a training of some kind as well. Yeah, yes, um, he does, which in fact, we do offer a, a retreat once a year here at JCCC. Oh, we have two employees who are um, trained to facilitate a Parker Palmer Courage to Teach, re something in renewal. I can't mm -hmm. remember exactly what it's called. That's in Reflection and Renewal. Reflection and yes. Renewal, that's right. right. Just got an email about that. I think they also, at, at the, the PJI Academy, I think they also do quite a bit of Parker Palmer's kind of reflection because uh -huh. there's a lot of mindfulness uh -huh. yes. activities mm -hmm. um, and yeah. then sort of more engaging reflections with your, so you're not just sitting at a table filling out forms, you're actually like engaging with the people that are there. It is a lot about how to incorporate it in your classroom or in your school, but it's also a lot about understanding yourself and your background and how that might influence things as well. And, and so what sort of things did you learn about yourselves? Can you think of anything right off top of your head? You know, it's um, been a while since you were there. I think, because we just did this workshop on um, the privilege beads, where mm -hmm. you basically get to take a look at, there was eight different tables with different privileges. And I think what I learned was that we all have some privilege and it's not something you really think about. Um, we usually tend to focus on the things we don't have, but um, I think that was really eye-opening to think about um, the ways in which I do have privilege. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I, I mean, there's a lot of things I, I pull from it. And, and honestly, some of this has really impacted the way I teach my classes this year. I mean, I tried to put what I could in 
and then I, I think I'll go back over the summer and look mm -hmm. at it again. What it has taught me is, you know, being more aware of like who I am and then how I'm presenting. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's something that made me really think about. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about how it's changed the way you teach or changed your classes. Well, one of the things I think about kind of inclusion in the classroom that you as a faculty member should think about is how you start your semester, right? So what it has made me think about is if I want to create a more inclusive classroom space, you know, starting off the semester with <laughs> in a way to establish what the ground rules are, because I teach political science, so of course we're talking about current events, but also talking about just what does it mean to be inclusive and then how can I think about the activities that we're doing in the class? So for example, with civil rights, traditionally the civil rights unit or week has been focused on the African-American struggle for civil rights up through about the 60s and 70s, right? And then it cuts off there. It excludes other groups. Um, and then it also doesn't look at contemporary civil rights. So one of the things that I was doing this year was attempting to incorporate mm -hmm. other groups that have been pursuing civil rights and then also thinking about more contemporary issues mm -hmm. and civil rights. I think and Bob, although he couldn't be here, had said he was going to start introducing, there's 13 principles about how you treat each other. And really, the focus is on how to have um, hard conversations in a way that is peaceful and non-argumentative and just allows people to hear the other point of view. Um, and so I know Bob was talking about introducing a principle each week in his classroom mm -hmm. um, to kind of give the students some perspective on, on what we learned. Right, and you know, kind of going from that, a lot of, I think what we do as faculty, at least, you know, I'm only speaking for myself here, but trying to get students to see things from other people's points of view, um, and then have awareness about why people have those points of view, like what was the experience, mm -hmm. yes. like what, how do they walk through life, and what's their experience like, and how has that brought them to these perceptions of, or opinions? Um, so yeah. I think that's also been something that's been helpful for me. Yes, I, the one that always sticks with me is um, turn to wonder. Before you react to somebody mm -hmm. or something, turn to wonder. Why did they do the thing that they did? Like they use the example, a student throws a backpack in the classroom. Your immediate instinct is to get angry and say, all right, you need to go. But maybe turn to wonder, what happened to that person that morning? What happened, you know, at home? What, what's the reason they might have done that before you get angry? And I've actually seemed to use that like, throughout my year, like even as I'm driving and mm -hmm. not getting angry at the person in front of me and thinking about maybe why they're driving so particularly slow that day. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it's actually been a, a good lesson for me and just um, like you were saying, other people's perspectives you may not agree with. So a good model for communication. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, makes me think about shared faculty, but yes, shared <laughs> governance and how we, how, how we treat each other at this maybe opening conversation yes. with the principals. They did that yes. every day at the academy. We'd sit there and read the 13 principles. The idea was that even if your opinion is not popular, let it be heard and not be judged. Uh -huh. I think, and you're making a good point here about how we treat people in our own institution, right? Um, because this isn't something that we talked about at the academy, but it's something that I know we have talked about a lot, is as you know, full-time faculty, we have a certain level of privilege within this institution. And so how do we walk around in this space how do we treat people that are not full-time faculty? Um, you know, in what ways are we privileged? Even though we, as full-time faculty, might not be administration, right? Mm -hmm. We're not at the very top. We're still 
in a position to advocate for people that are maybe marginalized around campus. So interesting. that's another yeah. thing we kind of discussed. I'd take it even a step further and say as full-time faculty, sometimes you um, feel you have the right to speak up and say things to even administration and that there's a way you can communicate that that's more peaceful and cooperative. Might um, ultimately both, be more productive. Yes, exactly, from both sides. Mm -hmm. I like it. Valencia College is in Orlando. Orlando. So yeah. the actual academy is held on their Winter Park campus. Um, so if anyone knows Winter Park, Florida, it's mm -hmm. really quite nice. Yeah. Um, so the college <laughs> location is actually just down the street from like a Trader Joe's and then the Park Avenue, the Winter Park, it's like the, the downtown Lawrence version of Winter Park, right? Um, that was just a few blocks yeah. away. Yeah. Downtown Orlando's not very far, so. It's kind of right in the a nice little sweet spot. So a nice place to go and, and yeah. do this kind of reflection. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and you know, as Jessica was saying, it really is eight to five. Um, they've got mm -hmm. you active. There is mm -hmm. no time for dilly-dallying. Yes, I think I had the lofty idea of trying to drive to a beach someday, uh -huh. which was like a three-hour drive or something. And I think we were all, by the end, just wiped. And, yeah. and also ready to like reflect on everything you had learned because there was a lot of new information um, one of the days was about hidden histories, or was it um, oh, like yeah. untold stories? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was so much in that that I had not heard about before that was fascinating. I was just saying, I'd been going back through the notebook. There's a lot that even still I think you can learn from it after mm -hmm. you come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like the danger of a single story being, you know, when, when we see, for example, a movie that's coming from overseas, not generalizing about that place just based on like one person's like mm -hmm. one story that comes mm -hmm. out of there right. and then you know it when I was think when I was in that part one of the things I thought about is you know how we see countries in Africa and they're always showing the rural areas and it's like they have urban areas too <laughs> you know so it's just kind of like being aware of that we not pigeonhole so as we mentioned we um, have spots for three full-time faculty members to attend this coming June, and we're yes. gonna be putting out a call for applications mm -hmm. for that here immediately. Mm -hmm. why, should, why should somebody go, and who should go? What do you think? Everyone. I would like to see yes. a cross-representation of different disciplines. Different departments, mm -hmm. yeah, departments. I think that's good. Um, anyone who's willing and open to learning something new and um, really wants to be able to bring something back to this college that's becoming more and more diverse and wants to understand all the types of students that you work with and, and the staff and faculty that you work with. Um, I wish everyone could do the training. Mm -hmm. I wish so too. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it's for people that are interested in sort of, you know, how can they make their classes more approachable for the student body that mm -hmm. that's coming in. Um, that any, this, so this can be, can work for any, anybody. Um, and as you said, one of the big things is, at least from our, I think from our perspective, is trying to find people from different places around campus. Yeah. So that it's not, you know, political science, like obviously it's an easier connection for me to, to make that, but there are connections all across this campus, whether it's career in tech, whether it's the social sciences, the humanities, the, you know, math and science. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want to leave anybody out, right. but mm -hmm. just wherever you are, there's a way for this to be integrated into not only a classroom, but your curriculum, the way you walk around campus, mm -hmm. you know, how you interact with people. It's yeah. all of these things, so. I'd even say somebody who's maybe frustrated by the political climate and, and, and fed up with hearing about this stuff, go. Mm -hmm. Because it really did change my feelings about the conversations 
Um, and it has actually brought some peace to, my, to me personally about there being a possibility of us being able to move forward. They did a great job of demonstrating how there is a way that we could all communicate and try to figure out a better way to get along than what we're currently doing. And um, Ultimately, I think the thing I kept saying was it gave me some hope that there's a way to do better. And they're, they're really demonstrating that at the right. workshop. Yeah, and I think one of the big things that came from it is, as we were talking about, whoever goes, the three people that are, apply and are selected to go this time around, we'll be working with them mm -hmm. with you know the hope that it's gonna start small but grow over time. And then each of us is gonna take some responsibility for that, right? So whoever wants to go kind of needs to be willing and, and yes. interested in kind of broadening out the scope yes. of what Spreading we're doing. The message. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't think I'm speaking out of turn on behalf of Bob when I say he's he said he was pretty scared to go yes. as a, a yes. um, white male. Yes. You know. Yes. And um, got there and just found it to be life changing. Yes. And, yeah. If anybody's talked to him, they know he had a yeah. Truly, uh, I think he even said he was a bit intimidated. Yeah. And, Part of what they do, all the, um, the people who facilitate, is give their own story. And I think there was one particular lady who gave her story that he was able to identify with. Mm -hmm. And that was neat, too, in that each story was so different, you, would, you might find someone, at least, that you identify with there. And in the end, I think he made friendships. Mm -hmm. And we did not, they didn't really want us all sitting at the same table with each mm -hmm. other a lot of the time. They wanted you to meet other people. And um, I think we all had that opportunity. OK, any last things you want to add? Apply. It's apply. well worth your time. Okay. <laughs> well, I will um, put the, the link to the application in the show notes <laughs> on my new faculty development webpage. Thank you to our audience. <laughs> Thank you to our audience. We look forward to making <laughs> you new friends. I applaud. Thank you both very much. Thank you Thanks. for having us.